0: This is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land, and water. This is episode 244, brought to you with listener support. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Mi'kmaq Matters. Very exciting things to tell you about as we head toward milestone episode 250. So stay tuned for that. I'm Glenn Wheeler here with Mi'kmaq Matters correspondent, Greg Janes. And Greg, you're coming uh, to us uh, today from Burgio in your temporary studio in the family home there just above the, the harbor. What's it like in Bergeau? Is there lots of snow like in Cornerbrook? Uh,
1: Glenn, I'm happy to say there's not much snow down here as there is in Cornerbrook. So uh, Bergeau is just uh, starting to get their winter here. Oh. Uh, they were uh, pretty used to the brown grass until a couple of days ago. So, oh. And it's, and it's uh, pretty blustery uh, down here, so, but it's beautiful.
0: The ancestors at this time of year, I suppose they would be uh, inside, not uh, out by the water in Bergio. They'd be inside uh, following the caribou, I suppose.
1: That's right, Glenn. Uh, They would have left their uh, homes, summer homes here on the uh, banks of the Grand River and would have headed inland to places like Gables Pond where the uh, caribou was plentiful.
0: And we're looking forward to being in Bergio uh, in, uh, in August on the 4th and 5th for the annual Mauiomi on a Friday and a Saturday. We had a great time last year, and it'll be great to be back in uh, that beautiful uh, Sandbakes Park. So we're looking forward to being down there. A lot to talk about this week, and we begin with the land defense action on the port of port Peninsula. And as uh, listeners will know, World Energy GH2 has gone to court and got an injunction against three of the people involved in the land defense. They have stopped construction of a test tower for, I guess, going on about a month now because of the impact of construction on their drinking water. And as we've seen those pictures, uh, the water is a muddy brown color and um, I don't think anyone would uh, really want to drink it. Uh, So already people are feeling the impact of that mammoth wind energy project from not even one tower going up. So imagine 164 towers more than 600 feet high. So Greg, we're talking on Sunday, and um, some listeners will have seen our post uh, yesterday about the Halibut Council meeting. And I'd have to say, Greg, that the... um, the meeting will go down as uh, as almost shameful, really, when you consider what's going on on the Port-au-Port Port Peninsula, people trying to save what is, I think everyone acknowledges, this traditional Mi'kmaq territory. That's where um, it's, I guess, no coincidence that the French and the Mi'kmaq united, intermarried, because uh, I guess there are people probably crossing from... Uh, what is now known as Cape Breton would have landed uh, there. So there was a lot of traffic back and forth. So significant uh, territory. At the meeting yesterday, no one, neither the chief nor the councillors, expressed any concern about the land offenders, the court action, the land. In fact, Chief Brendan Mitchell, in a discussion about halibu funding assistance for powwows and maui mentioned with pride that he was able to get funding from world energy gh2 for the uh for the flat bay powwow last year so that's that's how bad it was
1: yeah absolutely glenn uh, this has been um, make no wonder people have been asking where our leaders are uh, they've been absent and it's ironic because uh chief brendan mitchell at one of the meetings encouraged uh world gh2 to, to uh communicate uh, better with communities and with the people Um, But he's not following his own advice here.
0: It was interesting that uh, acting band manager Andrew Simmons yesterday uh, during a discussion about urban reserve and always, of course, the phrase that comes up in such discussions is landless band. And to his credit, Andrew Simmons said we have to ban the use of this uh, phrase landless band because Halibut has land. It has traditional Mi'kmaq land and it makes you it makes you think about what Halibu could do if it was on the side of the people on the Port Port Peninsula and it said we Halibu are opposed we're concerned and as the second largest First Nation in Canada we're calling for a pause of this project and we're calling on the province and the federal government and world energy each to sit down with the with the people on the Port Port Peninsula I, I, you know, there's a kind of defeatism, and, and Halibut really doesn't know how much power they have at times like this. So, Brendan Mitchell and, uh, and Miobeg, uh, Chief Miss Aljo, of course, are supporting the project. It's unlikely, I guess, that, uh, you know, they'll change their tune.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Nat, because uh, with the landless ban, I've been calling for people to stop using that, actually, Nat, because we have all the land, actually, but there is no movement um to to uh generate that with no hunting and fishing rights uh right now
0: the uh next court date is uh this coming week on thursday which will be february 16th 145 at the supreme court of newfoundland and labrador in cornerbrook we'll see what happens then the uh, the judge in that case uh listeners um will be interested to know is someone we've heard about before, and that is George Murphy. And George Murphy was the judge involved in the Muskrat Falls case, in which a journalist, Justin Brake, and uh, Justin Brake, of course, is a member of our community on uh, on the West Coast. He's now uh, formerly of APT, APTN, and now uh, back in Amastaqueg uh, uh, Bay of Islands. Uh, Justin Brake was reporting on land defense actions in Labrador and Muskrat Falls. And Justice George Murphy issued an order for the arrest of Justin Brake because he was there reporting on these protests. And he he was criticized for granting the court order to Tenalcor to to remove the land defenders and especially for ordering the arrest of a journalist. And uh, that arrest was criticized by journalists as uh, legal intimidation, as one journalist group call it. It was overturned, that decision of Judge George Murphy was overturned by the Newfoundland Court of Appeal, and it almost uh, amounts to a uh, slap on the wrist uh, when you read the Court of Appeal decision. The Court of Appeal said, to achieve the goal of reconciliation, better understanding of Aboriginal peoples and Aboriginal issues is needed. This places a heightened importance on ensuring that independently reported information about Aboriginal issues, including Aboriginal protests, is available to the extent possible. So the uh, Court of Appeal had no doubt what their view of the matter was, and it was not what George Murphy thought it was. You know, we don't uh, get to choose the judge in these uh, in our cases, but uh, perhaps George Murphy was would not be the uh, the judge we would choose. So, Greg, hopefully, there'll be a lot of people in court on Thursday.
1: Well, certainly, I'll be there, and um, I'm sure there will be a good turnout. They're getting a lot of support up there. Um, I've been reading a, a lot of online support, um, so I think they uh, they they will get a good turnout, and uh, we'll see what becomes of this.
0: Yeah, I guess that's the, uh, the unknown. And I guess people, you know, uh, on the Port of Port Peninsula really haven't, um, figured out it's cause a lot has happened in the last, less than a week. So I guess everyone mm-hmm. was taken by surprise by this injunction. So, um, you know, I guess the tru- the struggle continues. I mean, this is, uh, this is the test tower. There are 164 turbines in the works, so. Um, I guess the uh, the protest and the resistance will just uh, will just continue.
1: I reached out for a comment on uh, two land defenders uh, for comment, but they're unwilling to give one right now until they see what's entailed in that injunction. But uh, but I've been being told they will fight on.
0: So, Greg, uh, before we go, in other news, uh, we're about a month away from the March uh, seventeenth deadline for. Uh, former armed forces and rcp rcmp personnel to get in their information as part of that deal on enrollment and i understand you've been getting a lot of calls
1: absolutely glenn i've been flat out helping veterans over the past few weeks uh getting their information deciphering what the letter means um to them um but i'm i've been hearing a lot of uh displeasure um, on on them getting the information at a timely manner. Uh, we only have 45 days to respond. They're not getting uh, many answers from Halibu First Nation or they're not getting uh, many answers from the Halibu uh which I have made several calls and was guaranteed that I'll be given call back in three days Here it's been six days with no call back. So um, veterans are uh, you know putting in for information now for the through the Freedom of Information Act and that may take months it may take months for them to get their information. Uh, uh, to this. That. So given the 45-day deadline, uh, veterans are feel, starting to feel very stressed over this.
0: There was a number, uh, a 1-800 number given out yesterday at the council meeting, one 800 And mm-hmm. what is And what is that number for? Where? What can people get on that uh, number?
1: That is the Halibut Helpline Desk. I called this number. I tested it out several times myself. Unfortunately, the, f- the first time that I did call it, they were unaware what the uh, service member agreement was about. Um, they told me that I would get a call back within three business days. And like I said, here I am on the sixth day, still waiting for a, a response from INAC. So um, a lot of people are starting to feel the uh, pinch on this. I've... Uh, they're getting messages text calls uh text uh, calls and um uh, people just want to find out the correct answers and especially when it comes to their dependents mm. um they're not sure uh, exactly what goes in for a dependents file and i have reached out to counselors to get those answers and uh but things have been slowly slowly coming
0: well uh i guess uh this is very anxiety uh inducing so hopefully people can get what they need in the next um in the next uh in the next month basically there's a month there's um, a month left
1: yeah glenn uh, as one caller explained to me this has been re-traumatizing uh mm-hmm. for them uh, having to do this uh the third time mm-hmm. and um I I said that, well, we could have been uh, better prepared, but we did not know on what documents the uh, federal government would be asking for. Mm -hmm. Um, So people have left the military without any documentation, uh, Mm -hmm. without their files, and finally having to get their files, but finding out that it's going to take months to do that. Mm -hmm. So where does that lead them? It's a big question mark.
0: And you have to wonder about the eight, the people who'll be getting the eighteen thousand letters because they will people will get letters um, who will uh, have no chance of getting status, but they'll get a letter, making them feel that they do have a chance of getting status. So, speaking of trauma, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to you know get this letter, get their hopes up, and it'll all be for nothing. So, uh, it's a very painful way to to go about this process. I think.
1: Well, Glenn, I can tell you that uh, some of those messages and emails and phone calls have not been pleasant. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have not been, uh, there's a lot of uh, um, angry people out there that uh, are, are being re-traumatized over this for maybe uh, 60 to 80 uh, acceptance letters that may may go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, people are feeling that, uh, y- you know, I, I, I've, i've took the brunt of this um and i feel their pain uh but someday we'll we'll get to all of them to the ten thousand five hundred that did lose status mm. but this is one of the first steps in opening that door i really do believe it um so we have to give it some more time
0: well uh thanks greg and um uh, safe travels back along Route uh, 480 from uh, from Birchow. Did you were you aware that there are plans to uh, to uh, rename Route 480 the Halibut Trail, as we heard about the from uh, at the council meeting yesterday?
1: Well, it's not a, an effort to rename the Halibut Trail that because or to name, rename it the Halibut Trail because it was always called the Caribou Trail. Uh, so they just want to use the Halibut name into translation into Mi'kmaq uh, for that. So uh, Chief Elaine Engram reached out and uh, wanted to make sure that she wasn't going to run into any trouble by using that Halibut name mm-hmm. to, to um, you know, to welcome people uh, to the Halibut trail in Mi'kmaq.
0: that's it for the program. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest in Mi'kmaq news and views. Allison Baker is the producer of Mi'kmaq matters. Hilary McGinnis is our researcher. For Greg Janes, this is Glenn Wheeler saying, I'm